Go for Leadership, the podcast with Daniel and Gerd. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Go for Leadership podcast. With me today is Chen Chuen in Singapore, and uh, I'm glad to have her on the podcast today. Go for Leadership interviews. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Daniel. Thanks for inviting me. Perfect. Chen Chuen, maybe you can give us a 30-second introduction of yourself. Sure. So my name is Chen Chen. I'm based in Singapore. I'm a Singaporean. I'm an executive coach. So I work with leaders globally. Um, today, I've worked with leaders from nearly 40 countries across industries, job functions, and my area of specialty is in the agile mindset. So I believe it's really with this agility in, in shaping the way they think about their business challenges, organization challenges, that they will really thrive in an uncertain world that we live in today. Because ultimately, why do we want to uplift leadership? It's about sustaining business organization success for everyone and so many people in the ecosystem can benefit. Wow. Uh, I mean, leadership is, is that, that, that right word. So how would you define leadership? Um, or how would you describe uh, what leadership means to you? Hmm. I think my, right now, well, having read many books on leadership, many different definitions, to me, it is simply the power to influence and create positive change. And it is really not about one particular style. So it's, it's about the ability to individualize, meaning if I change my the country that I work in, the team that I work with, the generations, the backgrounds, and what is required in my function, am I able to always flex and change my style such that I'm able to influence, communicate, convince, inspire, and ultimately the entire team move towards creating great outcomes for everyone. Wow, I like that. Spot on. Uh, Trent, um, so if, if your definition, it also means a lot about the surroundings of, of uh, let's say, a leader to, to act or react. Do you think there are uh, certain requirements for, for a, let's say, a, so to say, good leader to, to perform or to show results? Or do you mm -hmm. think a good leader can, can um, let's say, adapt on any, on any um, situation or surroundings? Mm, can you phrase that one more time? Sure. So uh, if, you, if you consider that um, it is uh, important for a leader, the surroundings or the situation he is in, do you think that there are certain uh, capabilities that, is or that are required for, for a leader to be adaptive on, on certain mm. situations? Right. So when, uh, what are the conditions for a leader exactly. to be agile, adaptive, and to be effective across all contexts? Right. Correct. Uh, to me, it begins with the mindset. Uh, that you, you, you do know that there is a connection between mindset, emotions, behaviors, and then eventually your outcomes. Correct. So I think if we want leaders to be effective, adaptable across all situations, then we really have to begin with the mindset. Because uh, we, if we just look at skills and knowledge, that, that's only going to bring you so far uh, for example how can you help a leader be a confident speaker if he or she doesn't believe that they have a message that's worth sharing so you got to start with the inner work first and that includes how you think about yourself how you think about the challenges 
Um, and without addressing mindset, you can't have lasting change. It's only skin deep. It's only on the surface. It, it will not last for long. That, that's my take. Uh, I think beginning of the mindset is important because it also impacts how you think about people. What do you think about teams? What, what is the ultimate purpose of achieving all those great outcomes? Is it for self? Is it for team? Is it for, for a higher purpose? And without this uh, self-awareness and having the right mindset to actualize all that, usually I find the success quite short-lived. So I, I am also a believer that mindset drives behaviors, drives results, right? Of this, uh, uh, let's say, uh, three-phase uh, methodology. Do you think uh, um, that a mindset can be changed or that you can work on your own mindset to, to be more, let's say, um, self-aware or to, to become a, a good leader? For sure, for sure. If you read uh, Carol Dweck's book on growth mindset, I think that's like the first shift from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset, from something being very definite, believing that, for example, oh, I will never be charismatic as a leader. If you have that thinking, then in a way, you are fulfilling your own prophecy. So we call this a self-fulfilling prophecy because you believe something about yourself. You see yourself in a certain way. Hence, you will never get there factually. But if you take then the growth mindset, what if you say, I am not a charismatic leader yet, just by adding the word yet. And that creates possibilities. What if there is something that I can do And I can find my own pathway and become a charismatic leader. I think even in my own personal experience, it is very true as well. Um, if you compare fixed mindset, growth mindset, or even the agile mindset, can it be changed? Of course, but change is always difficult, uncomfortable. Nobody likes to change. Um, however, I think it is always this uh, occurrence of life-changing experiences that we ask ourselves existential questions. For example, for me, it was, is this the life I really want to have? What is the meaning of my life? What's my greatest contribution? Are there talents that are still latent, still hidden in me? And what will happen to my life, people's lives, if I unleash it? So I think asking what if starts changing the mindset. And of course, it requires courage, humility, Discipline, in the beginning, I guess, there are a lot of habits that we need to put in place. For example, Daniel, I know you, you, are, you are very reflective. And I'm sure you know, becoming a reflective person is part of growing leadership as well because nothing in life is ever static. We, we need to constantly examine, is the way we see the world still relevant? Is the way I'm responding to it still going to create great outcomes for myself and for others? And that requires us to look inwards to examine our own mindset. Yeah. I, I love that. And, and by the way, it's also one of my favorite books, uh, Carol Drake's uh, Growth Mindset. So uh, let's maybe switch gears to, to uh, agile uh, work methods. And you are also expert uh, on, on that front. So uh, how, do you think that in particular in the situation we are in, uh, still in the world pandemic, but also in many other uh, situations as we see uh, companies, let's say, in, in, in difficult market environments. Do you think uh, agile methods uh, can help leaders to react on, on uh, those uh, uncertain times or difficult situations? 
Yeah, absolutely. So when I look at agile leadership, it is not the software kind of agile. I look at it more as a way of being. So yes, companies right now, organizations, they need to respond to the change. And take note, I use the word respond, not react. They need to mm-hmm. respond to the change. It includes an anticipative element. How do I look maybe one step, two steps ahead and start making some changes in my, maybe the way I deliver my services, the way I engage the consumers or the way I engage my workforce, right? So how do I stay slightly ahead all the time? Um, so in, 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 I, mean, I guess that's where my book comes in because I, I wrote this book, Eight Paradoxes of Leadership uh, Agility for leaders who are very busy, who are facing a lot of changes. And I talked about eight different paradoxes, which are common conundrums that they find themselves stuck in. What used to work in the past does not work anymore. For example, there's one paradox uh, where we say executing versus inspiring in the past if things in the market don't change perhaps we can have a 10-year plan and then what's the implication i will just have this master plan for 10 years and all of you just follow i just need you to execute your part of the mission for your role but right now, the market forces are totally changing, right? It's so volatile. Every other day, you got some new disruption. It could be a pandemic today. What if when this pandemic ends, another one comes? You know, and political forces. So there are all these things happening right now. So the leader in front no longer knows all the answers. And I think we cannot expect that as well. So how do we then use inspiring on the other end? How do I say, well, I have this vision. I'm going to work on inspiring everyone to be aligned with my vision, but I'm not going to dictate what success looks like. Neither am I going to tell you this is exactly step one to 10 that you must follow and anything out of it is not successful. No, we we need to empower people to make the right decisions, best decisions, such that they work towards the vision. So I think organization-wise, our organization mission, vision may not change. But the methods in which we get to there will need to evolve. And that's where you need to tap on the wisdom of your younger workforce, your mature workforce, who all brings in different experiences, diverse perspectives. And then that will help organizations respond better to right now this very VUCA world. I think that's a very great, uh, a very great idea. Uh, also, a very great uh, methodology. Um, how do you, uh, yeah, how to do, um, think that, um, one second. So um, maybe you can give us uh, an additional uh, idea on, um, on your book. So uh, can, you, um, can you give us a glimpse on the other paradox uh, that, that you have identified? Sure. I think one very common one that many leaders resonate with is tasks versus people. I think many of us, we are brought up in cultures where we are very result-driven, KPI-driven. And in the pursuit of great results, we forget that the people are the one we need to empower. Because without them, the leader is just one person. Absolutely agree. Right. So in terms of say engaging uh, people, so uh, quite a number of leaders I work with, this is one paradox they have. They, for them, 
to them, they are so result driven. They think that they are fulfilling the organization mission, but they neglect that the workforce nowadays we need emotional connection, mm-hmm. engagement. I want my bosses to be coaches. I want my coach. I I want my leaders to give me immediate feedback to develop me as a person. So they are no longer like you know in the past. Say like for example, my my parents' time, we are brought. They were brought up in the industrialization age. Where you know, so I think the the management style is very different. So task versus people helps leaders examine how am I connecting with my staff right now. Am I telling them, showing them that I care about them? Hence, that brings up their motivation to want to commit themselves to fulfill the task in a happy, satisfying, and very rewarding way. Or do I just want to say, well, if you're not on my ship. I'm gonna get you out of my ship, and I'm just gonna get somebody to meet the task. And I think leaders nowadays they would agree the human-centered approach works better. It's about conversations, dialogues, human-to-human interactions. We are not working with machines, and I, I guess also for m- many of us, uh, we have been living in times of peace for a long time, which mm-hmm. means that our basic needs have been met. So we are looking at you know, self-actualization. And to get there, we want to feel fulfilled, right? So I think uh, there's a statistics published by Gallup uh, in one of the papers. In four years' time, 75% of the workforce will be millennials. And millennials, Gen Zs have very different needs. They are also very courageous in making big changes. And for the leaders who are more mature, even for somebody like me, I'm halfway in between millennial and Gen X. I need to tailor my style. So it's about, uh, you know, finding what is the right style for the right people. So if I look, look at tasks versus people, there's no one size fit all. Same for all paradoxes. It's about understanding what is happening within your organization, what is required, where do you want to go, and how are you going to get there? And the more range you have, the more you can flex your style, the more agile and effective you will be. Uh, that's one also of my philosophies, right? So the more experience you have in different fields, the better you can make uh, or be a leader, actually, to, to come to better conclusions and react uh, also on the uh, specific situation. So uh, maybe you can give us also some some insights on um, you are working also uh, as a coach. What are the 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 leaders that you coach? Uh, what is their 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 headaches or what what keeps them awake at night these days? <laughs> headaches. I, I think the listeners will agree. A lot of times it's about office politics. It starts off <laughs> looking like a like an office politics, or it looks like a power struggle. Mm-hmm. Right. As like uh, so usually it's people related issues. Like okay. why can't I connect? Why can't I influence? Okay, maybe for them very top of mind, they will be thinking, why can't you just see my style of the picture? Mm-hmm. You know, and and how am I going to bring my point across? Or oh, I'm a person with lesser authority. How do I influence my bosses, bosses, bosses? <laughs> so these are the typical ones. So it's about exerting personal influence. And many times I examine what do they really mean? How do they see themselves as a leader? So it goes back to their mindset. How I see myself influences the way I show up and I engage with people. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And if I want to influence, it means I have to be a good communicator. And how do you be a good communicator when you yourself are not sure of the position that you are supposed to play here? So there's a quite a bit of the inner work first. So the first unpacking what does good leadership mean? So I, I think you know pre-show you and I had a chit chat and we talked about real uh, role models, right? Uh, I I think right now the the challenge I'm seeing is the clients that I work with often they have not thought about what does leadership mean to me. Mm-hmm. What they think about is what does leadership mean to my boss. What does leadership mean to my company or society? And very often, that is not the definition that makes them satisfied. Mm-hmm. So another category of clients, what they may experience might be they are highly effective in their work, but they feel empty. They feel burnout. They don't feel satisfied. And why is that? It's because the role that they play every day feels fake. That's mm-hmm. why I talk about, you know, in my book, I have a very simple definition of leadership agility. It's about the sense of authenticity and ease when you are facing uncertain and, you know, uh, complex situations. So I emphasize a lot on the feeling part. Um, there's no point in getting great results when you don't feel that that's you. When you don't feel proud that, oh, I've achieved it with my team, you know. So um, I, I think uncovering what, Leaders, what good leadership really means is really important for the clients that I work with, and of course, I also bring them through a process where, which is my coaching model. And the first step is reconstructing the map, which means a courageous reality check. Uh, how do they know what's the style required? Mm. They need to know what's the reality. And I think that also has a lot to do, right, with with self awareness. Uh, on the one hand, of course, uh, reflect what what is leadership for me what is my personality and what uh, is my aspiration but also to be self-reflective and to understand where i may see gaps uh, uh, and where i need to develop uh, let's say skills and where i also may need help uh, with it from for my team let's say to uh, to achieve certain certain goals yes yeah yeah you're right Uh, i try to have an analogy you know it's like organism just look at leaders as living organisms what kind of organism are you? Okay, if you say you are an, an animal, okay? So I wrote this in my book. Right? If you are a bird versus you are a fish, you have different traits, kind of like properties, right? Different mm-hmm. traits. You can do different things. I can't make a fish fly, but I can make a fish swim as fast as well as he or she can, right? So I think having this notion, like for example, if I am totally... I will freak out if I have a you know interview like this. Then can I write instead? What's my mode of expression? And everyone will have their favorite mode of expression. Can I fully develop in that domain? And then I will know how 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 I can be successful by finding out what my limitations are, where do I excel at? I like the analogy with with the fish uh, because I think it's so so true. Um, don't become let's say. Um, uh, uh, I don't know an elephant. Uh, if you are a fish, but try yeah. to be the best fish that 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 <laughs> you, that you can in the ocean. Yeah. And I think that's that's uh, uh, has a lot to do uh, again with with self reflection and self awareness. Yeah. So, so um, 
um, a question that, that I wanted to uh, uh, get into is, um, in particular, um, when you reflect on the path and the different scenarios, do you think that the problems have uh, evolved throughout your your coaching uh, activities? Or do you think that, that uh, at the end, leaders have before and have these days the same let's say problems, because one observation I have is of course these days uh, with um, with the uh, huge uh, demand, the huge information that comes uh, across a leader, the, the uncertainty, I think the there has been a, a increase of expectation of leaders. And uh, so do you think there has been an involvement in, in, in the, the challenges, the, the leaders that you coach have? Yeah, I think I believe it has. I was reflecting as you were asking me as well. I think what is common is that it is still influencing slash people-related issues, right? Mm -hmm. But in the past, the leaders probably know better what the right direction is because mm -hmm. things weren't changing so quickly, right? But right now, I think if you add on the complexity, say, you know, brought on all the disruption brought on by the pandemic, there is the self-care part. Like, what is my role now when I myself don't know what's the answer? <laughs> How do I deal with that? How do I deal with this feeling of, you know, inadequacy? And at the same time, I still want to be that strong role model, powerful figure in the organization and tell my people where to go. So... I think it adds on that layer. How do you inspire people when you, you yourself are not quite sure whether this plan, plan A, is going to work or is it going to be plan B two weeks later when something else changed? So that communication style and you know how do you inspire confidence? How do you allay fears? Uh, it becomes much, much more required right now. So I think that's one need. Um, I think coping with personal changes, that's another aspect. I know in uh, executive coaching, most of the time, of course, I work with clients on business-related organization challenges, less on the self. Um, but I think 2020 and even work this year, the integration of the whole person becomes quite important because you really can't give what you do not have. This is one of the leadership principles from John Maxwell. You can't give what you do not have. How do you give confidence when you... When you don't have, when you don't feel it, and at the end, it's all uh, and I like like your way of thinking. It's all about people at the end, right? Um, so uh, we have a, a people to people a relationship, and the kit between those is is communication and trust. So um, and one other aspect that you touched is uh, you need to have fun of what you do. Otherwise, you can't be uh, successful. Uh, I think yes. that 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 uh, key aspects as well that I take take yeah. with me. Yeah, and I think it reminds me there's also one key part that comes up very strongly now, the skill to co-create. Uh -huh. How do I involve everyone in this picture where we have equal power regardless of where we sit in the organization and co-create a future together? I think this is also one piece, one part that is uh, lacking sometimes and it causes some problems, especially nowadays. And when the leaders work on it, they find that the results are much, much better and lowers the stress for themselves as well. 
So do you think it's hard for leaders these days to admit that they've committed a mistake? Because I, I think um, in particular, when you have your plan A and communicate it and, and you're sure and secure that this is the plan, the right plan to execute, but then you come back uh, two weeks later and say, well, um, uh, I figured out it's now plan B. So how, how would you recommend leaders to, to then say, I'm confident with, with plan B now. So plan B is the right thing to do. Because I think yeah. that, that there's a real challenge these days, right? Yeah, yeah. Perhaps the messaging has to change. And I guess prior to that, that, that um, the lens that we see ourselves as leaders, as a leader doesn't mean that I cannot make mistakes. As a leader, doesn't mean that I need to have all the answers. Then immediately I can give one paradox. The more you know, the more you realize how little you actually know. <laughs> you can never ever know everything. So why are you pressurizing yourself to do the impossible? Right? We are like human beings, right? We have 24 hours a day. We still need to, we still have many other roles to play. Work is just one aspect. So how am I able to absorb all the knowledge from the world when everything is evolving so quickly? Right? So I think addressing how do I see myself as a leader, that's why the def defining what does good leadership mean to my clients is extremely important because once they have an expectation that they must always be strong, they must always be right, that's where I will lay out certain things and let's have a discussion about it. So we are talking about a style that is more sustainable. We don't want leaders to feel burnout, to feel depressed because the expectation wears them, wears them down. You know, it like totally erodes their whatever self-confidence that they have. But if we can now switch roles and we say, what if leaders are facilitators? Maybe, maybe leaders are artists. And I, as a leader, I have this paintbrush and I have many colors, but where I'm going to paint the color depends on the situation. And let's create a picture together. And they can have many painters at the same time, you know. So it's a different approach to, to showing vulnerability strategically. Of course, I would say you cannot say that you don't know the answer every time. That would but, be a uh, disaster. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I absolutely like the, the idea and I fully uh, agree to it that uh, you are in, in many situations, you are far, so far off from, from the situation where, where it actually happens that you can't uh, overcome the, 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 the knowledge gap. So why yeah. you even believe or think or be uh, arrogant to, to believe that, um, that you have the right answer always. Yes. So perhaps yes. um, um, that's one thing I want to add in. The value of seasoned veteran leaders is not so much about knowledge, I feel. I feel the value that they really bring is the thinking process. And that is something that's transferable across all companies, all functions, whether they have the knowledge or not, as long as they have the critical thinking, strategic thinking, I think that's where they really add the greatest value. I think that's And awesome. they should amplify that. I, I think that, that's really an awesome uh, insights. So let's come to an end, Chen Chen. Um, uh, I usually finish uh, with the question: uh, What would have been uh, what, what what you have said to yourself before you started your professional career to become the leader and the the coach that you are these days? Sure. So my advice to my younger self: uh, I think three things. First one is to have emotional regulation. As a younger person, I was very explosive, very bad tempered. 
but now, okay, being more mature, being more grounded, I would say anger will never ever solve any problems for you, right? And it is, it is important that we look at the emotion and see what is the emotion trying to tell you. Learn from these, learn from these, uh, you know, uh, so-called negative emotions. It's trying to teach you something. The next one I think is really, what does success really mean to me? Because I realized that I was holding on to the definition of success that, you know, I inherited from the system, from society. And when I got to that peak, so-called success, I felt emptiness. I felt nothing. So what is the meaning beyond self? What was my greatest contribution? And I think then that leads to the third one. What is that contribution and impact I want to make in this lifetime? When I disappear from earth, when I expire from earth, from this life, what do I want to be remembered for? And I think the earlier we kickstart this process of knowing what we really want to achieve in this lifetime, the better chance we will, the higher chances of getting there. Wow, I love it. Go for Leadership, the podcast with Daniel and Gerd. Thank you so much, Jen, for being our guest today and uh, very pleased to stay in touch with you. Thank you, Daniel. Let's yeah, definitely keep in touch. Go for Leadership, the podcast.